Good morning. I'm really glad Father uh, Ted had stopped Deacon Joseph from reading the next gospel passage because I was not prepared to uh, um, comment on John the Baptist today. Uh, in any case, in light of the gospel reading that was for today, I'd like to do a quick poll with all of you guys. Uh, so a show of hands, how many of you are worried about money? Nobody? No, a few people. Um, we're in a church, so I want you to all be honest as well. Uh, so um, maybe you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Maybe uh, a show of hands, how many of you are not worried about money and you think you have more than you could uh, handle? Any? Any takers? Uh, you could talk with me afterwards. I have a few ideas of where it could go. But anyhow, so... Um, how many of you would like to have more money than what you currently have? And uh, I don't think everybody has voted here, so this is my last one. How many of you feel uncomfortable talking about money or wanting more money in light of the gospel reading this morning? <laughs> that should be the rest of us, I think, right? <laughs> so this topic... Uh, I think after this topic on money specifically, I should probably start a series of sermons called Uncomfortable Sermons. This would be number two, I think, but perhaps you guys would like to add a few more in there. But um, this morning, I'd really like to talk about money, um, not because not I want to, because it's really uncomfortable. Um, it's almost as uncomfortable as my last one, I think. But I'm sure you guys are all thinking as well, uh, why does he want to talk about money? Uh, I know I had this issue, actually. Uh, when I would go to church and I would hear the uh, pastor or priest talking about money, I always thought it's probably because he wants a new jet, you know, for his wild game hunting uh, <laughs> games. You know, I don't have anyone specific in mind. I feel like that's actually happened to more than one person. But uh, So in the back of my mind, I always have this idea that whenever somebody's talking about money in church, it's because... They themselves want you to give more to the church so that they could get a raise. And uh, maybe some of you are thinking that, so I want to, uh, you know, at least tell you what I was thinking when I was in the pew and I would hear people talk and uh, be honest with you that that's not why I'm doing this. It's very uncomfortable. Um, I really think that priests or pastors, televangelists especially, you know, maybe you should really take, take seriously maybe making a vow of poverty or of simplicity so that the gospel reading that we read today, would they, that they themselves would be an example of what Christ is teaching. And unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. And so when I stand in front of you and talk about money, I feel a bit guilty as a result because I have not lived up to what Christ is calling us to. So... In the Gospel reading, if you uh, were able to follow along, Jesus uh, talks from the Sermon on the Mount about money. And I want to talk about this not because I want more money again, let me say that, but because Jesus talked about this. This is what comes across in the Gospel today. And as uncomfortable as it might be, I really do want to follow Him and, uh, and talk about the things that he talked about. So, if you're following along, it's in uh, Matthew chapter 6, 
We're right in the middle. And in the context of this passage, Jesus tells us that we are uh, not to store up treasure on earth, but to store up treasure in heaven. In this passage, He does not say what many sermons I've heard have said, where it's okay if you have riches as long as you also have riches in heaven. But if you look at the passage, that's not what Christ is saying. And so I don't want to make this any easier than Jesus did. Jesus made this a really difficult passage. Uh, Jesus made it, especially for each one of us living in America where wealth abounds, this is a really difficult passage for each one of us. Uh, And I don't want to take away that tension. So he tells us in the context, he says, wherever our treasure is, our heart is. That we shouldn't have treasure here on earth, but only in heaven. He says that then we cannot serve both God and mammon. Now, there's a commentary that talks about this word mammon referring, really taking on this mythological idea. The word mammon is an Aramaic word, and it's got to do with the riches and wealth. And so this mythological view of mammon has this idea of, of some type of idol or even God that requires us to serve it. And so it takes on this, this, uh, this image in this way. And so we cannot serve both riches and wealth, which has a tendency to get its grips in us to, to continue to pursue and to gain more wealth and then to continue to work and be slave to it to pay for the, the things we've acquired. So Christ says, we either love God or we love wealth. We either hate and despise wealth or we hate God. Now His disciples at this time often did the uncomfortable things that Jesus told us to do. Uh, many times we like to downplay it, but at that time they would actually follow the thing, His teachings. And um, so in order to encourage his disciples to follow this, actually to do the things that he said, he then comforts them. Like if we actually gave everything away, what, what would we have left for ourselves? And so he's then comforting them and he says, look at the creation. Look at the birds of the field that they don't, they don't uh, sow or um, they don't sow or whatever the other one is, I forget. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yet God provides for them. And they, we don't have, if we really follow His commandments, wouldn't we have to be worried about not having enough clothes, enough, enough food? Wouldn't we have to worry about all these things? And that's when He says, look at the lilies of the field. So if we truly follow God's commandments here, it would be really difficult. And they were concerned that they were going to have nothing, but Christ encourages them and says that He will take care of them. So if we are uncertain in these times of how this would look, um, uh, we could continue in the Gospel reading. So Christ says very clearly that in order to love God, we must despise mammon. We must despise wealth and riches and seek first the kingdom of God. And so this is the summary of today's Gospel reading. And I could only imagine how different my life would be if I actually followed these words. If I actually followed these commandments and kept them uh, and, and uh, really took them seriously, which is not easy teaching. Um, in the words of um, the disciples who left Christ uh, in John chapter 6, his own disciples, after his teaching about the Eucharist, 
You know, to use these same words in this context, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And many fell away. And I would say that in our context in America, the hardest teaching of Christ is really this one specifically on poverty as our goal, right? So uh, to be a saint, to be like Christ, there are certain goals that we should set up. Uh, One of them we come across, and we talk about this one uh, often, and that's uh, to pray without ceasing, right? So if this is our goal that we're setting up, that we want to pray without ceasing, we don't give up and throw up our hands and say, well, I can't do it, I messed up today, I I prayed, you know, only once or twice, you know, today, so I'm never going to acquire this, I'm never going to reach this goal, so I'm not even going to try. No, that's not what we do, We, we take baby steps to get there. We say, well, first I must begin with frequent prayer, with unceasing prayer at the end as my goal. And I would say that in the same way, we should set up among ourselves as Christians with the goal of sainthood, poverty. And we're not all going to get there in a minute. We're not all going to get there today. But we should all, just like all these other characteristics of a saint which we should be striving towards, we should set up poverty just as Christ had himself and his own disciples too had poverty as this goal for themselves. Uh, I'm reminded often in the Beatitudes, uh, in the version of the Beatitudes in Luke. In this uh, chapter, or in, in Luke's version, it says that Jesus lifted up his eyes and he looked upon his disciples and he said, blessed are you poor. So there was always this idea that those that would follow Christ would give their wealth to those that were in need and not be worried about tomorrow, not storing up treasure for for tomorrow and for retirement, but being worried only about first the kingdom of God. And this, I would say, in America is one of the most difficult things that we could possibly do in a society where we idolize material wealth and possessions and having more than our neighbors and competing uh, to have more instead of less. And so today I would like you guys to think about this as a goal that we have less, not more. That we would become uh, content uh, with simplicity and doing only the things that we need to live and not living for all these other desires. So if we can, in fact, inverse this paradigm, where instead of struggling to have more, we slowly struggle to have less, to struggle to be content with less, and not just to give to St. Catherine, that will be a sermon for another day, uh, but to give to those who are in need, to give to those who are poor, to charities, and there's plenty of organizations out there that truly are giving uh, to, to, the, to the needy. And uh, um, I would like to say, though, that in this way, John Chrysostom views this as a transaction, almost as a transaction, like a dollar I give to this, this man who's homeless, automatically goes into this heavenly bank account. So it is kind of funny the way John Chrysostom portrays it, but I think it's still true that we should be really thinking about our, uh, our bank account in the life to come and uh, storing up riches where moth and rust do not destroy. So I don't want to lighten this and say, you know, just be generous. I want to actually keep it as what Christ has. Right? He talks about how 
it's very difficult, in fact, it's impossible for a rich man to be saved. And so this once again infl- uh, flips the paradigm. Not that uh, we, we should um, uh, throw up our hands if we have wealth and uh, money, but we should set properly our goal to have less and to struggle to be uh, content with less and less and not with more. So <clears throat> I want to inverse this paradigm of the world and I would like to struggle personally to have less, to be content with a vow of simplicity, to be less attached to the things um, that the Creator has created and be attached to the Creator instead. Because He knows that when I am consumed with thoughts about mammon, I have a lot less time thinking about Him. And so to quote Christ again here, He says, You cannot serve God and mammon. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So let us consider today how we can learn to be content with less and struggle to rid the grips of mammon that has in our lives. To have a life of simplicity, only acquiring what we need to live, we might be, that we might be truly free to serve the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.